When I have an event and need something to wear, I never know if I should go with a classic or jump into something fun and trendy. Do you ever feel that way? Always. But it depends on the event. And it's not that different in our jobs either. Knowing when to be on trend with creative or knowing why you should stick with a classic is where you win. It is where you win. And that's what we're talking about. We're going to figure it out. The Speakeasy Podcast. Honest conversations about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business? We probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. You guys, this time around we have a cocktail handcrafted for us from American Fifth Distillery in Lansing, Michigan. It's called the Coffee Tree. It is very easy to drink. It's made with American Fifth Gin, which we love, combined with Curacao tonic and cold brew. It is so delicious, and I think this is the new favorite thing for Sunday morning. I know my husband will love it. It's like combining your gin and tonic with coffee and a little hint of orange and chocolate. It's just so amazing. You've got to check it out. Mm, So good. So thank you, American Fifth, for helping us out with a lovely drink this time around. We really appreciate it. Especially going into the holidays, if you need a nice place to get together for an event, uh, don't miss their tasting room. Trends is an interesting topic for us because Karen and I were talking earlier and neither of us feel particularly trendy today. Not today, but I think both of us appreciate both classics and trends, but in different situations and for different reasons. That's true. And trends can be good and bad, as with almost every topic that we cover. But I think you had a really good story about a dragon. What was that about? I just feel like whenever I'm thinking about my position on a topic, sometimes I apply it to different industries just to kind of remove myself an extra layer. And so I was thinking about things that are very trendy. And I thought, you know, dragons are super trendy right now. You see them in children's books, children's animation. You see it in, you know, mainstream content. You kind of see them everywhere. And and I thought, you know, if I were if I were to write a book, I could write a great book about dragons. But if I'm not a great author, I'm not going to write a great book about dragons. It doesn't, you know, the trend of dragons doesn't make me a great author. It's me being a great author, should I be a great author, that would make me a good author about dragons. So I just feel like you have to have the skill around embracing you know, and taking advantage of what a trend might boost you, right. what a trend might give you. Well, and that's funny that you say that because trends do have this sort of wraparound magic to them. and They can. They can, and some people can really pull them off effortlessly and other people fall flat. Some industries, some executions can pull them off effortlessly and other people fall flat. And so there's some magic going on there. We've talked about how trends kind of expand and contract, but also sometimes we embrace trends. So there's reasons why trends would stand the test of time. So technology, for example, since the beginning of our careers, technology has completely changed the face of how we do our jobs and how we deliver our jobs. So technology requires us to design differently, to Mm -hmm. think differently, to deliver differently. So the trend in technology certainly has impacted us. And that has certainly, it continues to evolve, but it has stood the test of time also. How has technology impacted the way that you think about design every day? I mean, technology impacts so much of our lives. The way websites are built is drastically different now than it was five years ago, which is drastically different than 10 years ago. And 20 years ago, we didn't have websites, or maybe we did. I don't remember that far. But every moment there's a new technology, which means trying something new. And sometimes those new things get very exciting. So they turn into trend really fast. Mm -hmm. And the more people are paying attention and trying something new all at one time, that turns it into a trend. We're only in the 10th year of of a smartphone. So by its nature, video has changed 
and done an about face about every two years. It's funny that you talk about video and smartphones because the aspect ratio of video has changed so greatly. For example, if we're looking at your at your industry, you've got cinematic. What about doing it vertically? What about making it a square so it fits an Instagram? So even the form that a video takes is entirely different from season to season, I would imagine. Absolutely, because the four by three aspect ratio that I was accustomed to, you know, way back in the day before high definition became 16 by nine. And I was a purist. When people wanted to use vertical video, it drove me insane. And I'm just as guilty as anybody of using my phone vertically now to document something from home. And and now with things like, you know, Instagram stories or Snapchat, vertical video is is the aspect ratio. And so that leads me to ask the question, when does something stop being a trend and start being a normal part of culture? I think I think with that specific example, it's been it's become mainstream. Absolutely. Just like pumpkin spice. I don't know. I, uh, well, yeah, absolutely. So first of all, pumpkin spice doesn't have pumpkin in it. This is true. Do you like a little pumpkin spice every now and then? No, I can't stand it personally. I want my spices in my pumpkin pie, but I appreciate that people enjoy it. You don't use allspice anywhere else in your life? Oh, of course I do. But, for example, if you follow the, the, the arc of the pumpkin spice trend, I like my coffee black without flavors in it. And so getting a pumpkin spice latte, that thing that was ubiquitous years ago and probably still is, would just never appeal to me anyway. Because I'm too, I'm, I'm too snobby for trends. Or maybe I'm too classic for trends. I don't really know. You are classic. <laughs> right. And I think I think as a baker, as somebody who does bake, it's not just pumpkin spices. It's... It's all spice and nutmeg. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there are things there. So. Yeah, which is why I called it all spice because yeah. that's how I learned it. how you it. know it. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if there's a whole generation of people who wouldn't recognize and or use... Allspice. Yeah. Just like I bet you there's this whole... It's the same people that wouldn't buy mayo because they think they're looking for aioli. Right. Right. You know, Jen, I think it's probably because you are more of a leader than a follower that you... Don't follow those trends. Yeah, I, I don't like to be a follower. If somebody says, hey, we should try this new thing, I'll be like, eh, I liked the old thing. Yeah. I don't need the new thing. I don't know why that is. Do you feel like over time the, the trend chips away at you and you're like, oh, the new thing's not so bad? What I think for me for trends is I don't like someone telling me what to do. Yeah. So if there's something new and it's trendy because it's very useful or very innovative or will improve your life greatly... I'm more than happy to jump on that bandwagon, right? Yeah. But if it's because it's cool because people just say it's cool and there's no really benefit or explanation other than that, I find myself very impatient. So you don't want to be told what's going to be the trend for the year because is it because then you know everybody's going to jump on that bandwagon and really that then is your measuring stick for mediocrity? I'll get to mediocrity in a minute because I have some thoughts there, of course. But I think for some people... Being on trend, or for the first people who are on trend, it's, it's a really great place to be. The rest are just following the herd. And that doesn't have a lot of creative thought in it. It doesn't have a lot of originality in it. And so people who truly, truly are interested and enthusiastic, or if there's a trend that you really love and you can get behind because it speaks to your soul, I think you should just jump on and go all the way. But if you're just doing it because somebody told you to, that doesn't feel like creative thinking to me. And as you know, that creative thinking is what we what we tend to do all day. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes clients will ask us to apply whatever the trend of the day is to their project. And it's like, but why? That 
the trend has no no relevance. No relevance for you whatsoever. The first three years of drones, it was like, you don't have to fly over the water tower. You just don't have to fly over the water tower. You just... <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. And, you know, we, I think I was telling you a story earlier, we presented a brand to a client and gave them a colorway that included a color that was a Pantone color of the year, maybe three or four years ago. And so it is not the newest, freshest color, but it has gotten just far enough into trend that you're starting to see it in magazines very regularly. People have accepted it and they trust it and it still feels fresh. Mm -hmm. So we know for this particular client, being on the very leading edge of the trend won't feel comfortable enough for their clients. But being close to that edge in a recognizable space is just right for them. Mm -hmm. But if we were to give them the the next new color that people didn't understand yet, that wouldn't serve their needs or their purpose. Sure. Do you remember when UPS did the whiteboard commercials? And you Vaguely. saw you saw the hands drawing on the whiteboard. There was a lot of there was a lot of requests for that kind of presentation, you know, for a long time. And and we did them for several years and we, you know, we animated, we drew them ourselves with our internal illustrators. But if, if they're requested now, I really dive deeply into a why conversation with the client because I don't feel like people, you know, now there are apps that will just auto generate that stuff. And, Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it's a very tired trend. I don't feel like that presentation offers anything to the solution of whatever the communication objective is. It's just very tired. That's true. For all audiences. Well, and as you say that, I realize the reason something becomes a trend is because someone somewhere had a really innovative idea mm-hmm. that was fresh and different and unique. Yep. And people responded to it and they loved it. So therefore, they emulated it and ta-da, a trend is born. Once a trend becomes so ubiquitous that people don't respond to it with that same delight, you're not serving your client by using it anyway. That's right. I think that kind of brings us to the big point is that if you're going to use a trend, it has to be something that serves the client's objectives. It has to answer, you know, solve their business need or reach their audience. Because otherwise, if you're using a trend for your client without it filling those, you know, checking off those boxes, you're kind of being selfish, right? Sure. And that's and creatives. A lot of creatives fall into this trap, wanting to do the trendy thing, wanting to do that new, cool treatment or shot or what have you. But if that doesn't serve the client and talk to their audience, that is very selfish. And it's making creativity for creativity's sake. It's using the client's project to scratch your own creative itch. And that's not where we need to put our clients. We need yeah. to think about their audiences and their goals. Sometimes that means you are super on trend. Sometimes that means you're putting on that little black dress, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think too, we have that conversation internally here as a as a company that really relies on technology. You know, the next big camera is off, often very sexy. You know, we're all gadget geeks around my studio. And so we get very excited when there are new releases, especially in the camera department. But when something becomes really exciting, you have to be able to answer the question of why. Like, what does it bring to the table and how is it so much different? And and what results will it produce that we already are not able to produce? Because it is, in fact, a tool. Right. Well, and I think you have to take into consideration the shelf life of whatever you're producing. So if you are spending the effort to make a three or six or eight minute video that's really telling a deep tale, I would imagine the client is going to be using that for a little longer than something they would put on their Instagram or their Snapchat story. Yeah. So trend has a really good place in things that are ephemeral, that can change with the wind, But if it's a big marketing investment and it needs to last you for 
a quarter or a year or a number of years, that's where maybe trend doesn't help you because things start to look old fast, right? Absolutely. That's spot on. Well said. So we didn't talk about the mediocrity thing, and this is one point that I would like to say. One of my frustrations with trends is making something trendy using the newest color palette or using... The newest camera. The newest camera or whatever can sometimes mask just poor work. Mm -hmm. We can get distracted by the fact that, oh, this looks fresh and new and not really look at the quality of the content or the effectiveness of the content. So in that way, I think a trend can be dangerous when it's overused. I think in both of our industries, we have lots of examples of where um, doing the newest thing is really truly just just hiding something else below the surface, like you said, mediocrity. And I'm sure if I think of other industries, like I talked about earlier, how does it apply to other industries? I'm sure our listeners have other examples of how that applies to their industries as well, how um, doing the new thing or jumping on that bandwagon would hide the tried and true classic way of doing something um, until it really plays out. Um, It's not that I'm not an early embracer, but I really do like to kind of sit back and evaluate whether um, whether it, whether a trend brings a return on that investment into into my studio or into into the way that I uh, produce results for my clients. That's interesting. And I think of it in terms of, oh, we just had a conversation in the office about winter coats, wool coats. And you're more willing to spend money on a timeless classic that you can wear, wear for a decade than you are on something that's super, super trendy, and next year you'll be tired of it. Yeah. And I think that that mentality applies to our industries as well. Absolutely. Black wool pea coat will last you a really long time. <laughs> uh, you know what doesn't last very long, though? This cocktail. This is a really good one. I enjoyed it a lot. The coffee, the orange, the chocolate. It's a combination I would never do at home. But now that I have the recipe, I can. That's true. And that little chocolate at the finish is nice because it doesn't leave it too sugary. It just feels like a really good balance for me. And it's beautiful. It's in a Bordeaux glass, so it feels very elegant. You would think of it as a coffee drink, and I can imagine listeners think of that in some sort of mug or heavier glass. But this is in a very pretty lightweight glass, and it just looks lovely, and it's delightful. Thank you, American Fifth. You know, actually, if anybody's interested in making delightful cocktails, American Fifth is having a seasonal cocktail class. I think that's November 23rd, about 1.30 in the afternoon. So you should check their website out, or we'll put the website for that in our show notes as well. Yeah, and we'll, we'll probably do some cross-posting on social. You'll learn the history of four seasonal cocktails, why each spirit is used, so you can definitely impress your, your relatives at holiday parties like a pro. It will be a great time, and if you're interested in the kinds of cocktails that we're having here on the episode, or particularly this one, the coffee tree, you should go check out that seasonal cocktail class at American Fifth. Thanks for listening to this episode. Reach out to us on social media at Easy Underground, or head over to the website, thespeakeasypodcast.com. It doesn't matter how seasoned you are as a business owner, how stacked your creative team is, or how much your clients love you. Things are going to go wrong. It could be a bad judgment call or full-on wheels falling off the bus. Yep, and when trouble comes, that is where leadership really steps in. Check us next time. Cheers.